What's this for? It's for me, Padre. Oh, will you let me burn too? Welcome to Fear Me. Fear Me. Hi, I'm Kim. This is Stuart. And Scott. And thanks for joining us for another episode of Fear Me Podcast. We're going to be reviewing Preacher, episode six of season one, called He Gone, which is such a weird name. He Gone. He Gone. So, oh, wait, before we get started, Scott, what you drinking? I'm drinking a beer called Honor India Pale Ale. It's actually brewed by a group of... uh, war veterans that got together and that are brewers and decided to make their own beer oh. and uh and it's pretty cool it has a picture of some uh, soldiers boots on the front of it and what's it called honor honor and it's from honor brewing company out of uh i think they're out of colorado yeah denver cool and what are you drinking like an ipa type thing yep exactly awesome. yeah it's a little foamy Foamy? <laughs> yeah. Do you shake it? A little up? bit more of a head that I wanted on it, but uh but it's still it's actually a pretty good beer though. Huh, okay. Well I am drinking a new one, Red Hair Brewing Company mm-hmm. out of Marietta, Georgia. And it's a it's called Gangway IPA. It's oh yeah. It's good. Is nothing it, Yeah. Nothing new, I don't not, think. Not knocking your pants off. No. Yeah. Definitely right. not. But it's good. I had another one of theirs and I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, it's, it's more of a standard IPA. It's nothing nothing special, which is actually okay. good because I mean some of the beers are getting so hoppy nowadays. It's a little that's silly. true. Oh yeah, it's not it's not very hoppy either. Yeah, it's not going to blow your nose off. I got off the special hoppy. here, man. I got the I have the uh, specialty summer brew. Stuart is actually drinking something besides a PBR. I know this Thank is God. the uh, this is a uh, terrapin uh, summer brew called the watermelon goes goosa. <laughs> is it goosa? It's Goosa. Yeah. Goosa. Oh, Goosa. Okay. The Watermelon Goosa. And, uh... What do you think? Oh, my God. <laughs> That's pretty awful. It is really? horrible. It is, like, the worst beer I've ever had in my life. Really? Really? Oh. It's, um, Why is it so bad? It is full of salt. It's made with salt. Um, oh, my God. Really? Sea salt. Yeah, it's got a lot of sea salt in it. It it's, is really rough. Where is oh the description? Oh, it's a traditional German-style beer brewed with sea salt and coriander, and then they added watermelon to it. It is so salty, you can barely I, drink one sip. I, and, and I, the good thing is I'm, I'm recording in the garage where it's extremely hot, and now I'm drinking salt. Yeah, you'll be so passed out by the end of the recording. <laughs> yeah, I might be. You're, uh, just like, you're just like a horse. I might nice. be drying away right now. Yeah, like a That's deer. Right. I think a deer would love this beer. Mm-hmm. Why don't you go pour some in your driveway? The the watermelon taste isn't that bad. I mean, it is. It's a little overpowering, but man, that salt is awful. Yeah. yeah. I will never well, buy this again. I don't think I would have bought that. <laughs> I hesitated buying it for weeks. Yeah. But it kept staring at me, so I just decided to buy it the other day. And we've and we've also liked a lot of the terrapin beers. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Bad I don't know why. They, I think that was a mean joke. Yeah. Well, they were trying something different. 
Yeah. It's different. It's very different. Yep. It's yep. not even close. To tell them else. to tell them to brew up that uh, Walking Dead beer again. Yes. Yeah. The blood that orange was good. one. That yeah, one was the blood good. orange one. I wonder if they will when season seven starts. Hey, speaking of which, you see the preview of uh, Fear of the Walking Dead coming back? Oh yeah, I did. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. Yeah, it looked really good. It's super exciting. I just got beer all over my uh, microphone. <laughs> That's nice. Sorry. Well done. Now, now you really <laughs> sound like we're a band. I now, know. The, now the fans can taste it. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Sorry, That's folks. Think, guys. <laughs> This is the good now, stuff, though. This is the red hair, not the goose stuff, so you'll be good. Okay, the cool, good, the cool good. thing about seeing the Fear of the, the Walking Dead um, little clip was just, I mean, you, you just get reminded of how different it is from what we're watching right now with Preacher. Yeah. You yeah. Know? I mean, it's a completely different feeling to the entire series. Mm-hmm. So, Well, it got me excited to get back to it. Yeah, not that yeah, I'm, it is. I'm enjoying Preacher. Don't get me wrong. But well, I, I mean, when Preacher started out, I was like, oh, this, is, this kills fear. But, yeah. um it's because it's completely different, though, and uh, you know, the entertainment value is completely different. Well, I want some. Right. I, I do want some more scary. I think. Pretty soon, we're going to uh-huh. start seeing the season seven of The Walking Dead, because they always release something during Comic Con. Right. So right. in a couple exactly. weeks. Is that, is that this coming? Oh, two weeks. It's July twenty second, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I just got beer all over your agenda. Oh, see, we're doing great tonight. Yeah, we're on a roll, Stellar. folks. This is top quality, I'm telling you. Um, <laughs> you just got chocolate so, in my peanut butter. <laughs> Stop it. Oh my Mikey likes everything. Yeah. So, Kim, what was your overall impression of the episode, He Gone? Well, I thought it was a bit slow this time, but I think that was okay because it still gave us a lot of good information. So, yes, I did like it. I really liked that we finally know Eugene's backstory. That's been confirmed, and all of our guesses were pretty much true. We also saw the vulnerable side of Tulip, which I really enjoyed. It's nice to see a different side of her. And then I really liked the scene of Cassidy burning. That yeah, was just yeah, that was impressive. really cool. So yeah. overall, I think it was a good episode. I think there have been better episodes, but I'm not knocking this one. What about yeah. you, Stu? What'd you, what was your takeaway? Uh, I think initially I was kind of thinking like Kim where it was kind of slow, but uh, we, I did get a chance to watch it a second time and there was actually, there's a lot of meat to it and there were some good scenes uh, and especially like, um, the the dialogue between, uh, Cassidy and Jesse was great. Uh, and yeah, I mean, Cassidy finally revealing himself as the vampire for real was an mm-hmm. awesome scene. And yeah, and really even was. the the scene leading up to that where Tulip like said, "Well, you you know, you haven't even really told him for real." And he told mm-hmm. I told him like 9 times. Um and then I think it top topping it all off though with the uh crazy Odin at the end, I think mm-hmm. really brought it all back around. Um so yeah. cuz you you did you had a lot of development going on in this episode which had to happen, which was good. But um yeah, I wanted the crazy stuff. So yeah, yeah well, showing up on a tractor was incredible. Yeah, that definitely uh, ended this thing on an interesting note, and it'll be interesting to see what happens next week. Um, I I thought the episode was really good, to tell you the truth. I agree with you. There were some slow parts, but I thought the whole um, family dinner and so forth that happened mm-hmm. was fantastic. Yeah. The dialogue and so forth, and then what happened with Cassidy afterwards. I thought that... 
Um, you know, it's funny. Cassidy's character has been cracking me up, but I thought he was better in this episode than most. I thought his seriousness was great. I, I mean, it was yeah. really good acting. I was very impressed. I mean, yeah, his cat, you know, with the actor himself. Right. And, and unfortunately, the guy steals all the scenes. Mm -hmm. It's hard. It's hard for him not to. Um, but, you know, I, I thought he his serious side in this episode really was was impressive. Um, and this was certainly uh, not a nice episode for our hero, Jesse. Um, no. His, uh, it seems that his uh, battle between right and wrong has taken a turn for the worse. Mm -hmm. He's power tripping on a cosmic level. And, and acting cruelly to all the people around him. Um, whatever goodness he had at the beginning of the season seems to have uh, filtered out Yep. by whatever's inside him. But that's, yeah, but, you know, I go ahead, Stu. No, I was going to say, the, the one thing that um, I, I, I definitely agree with you on the fact that even no matter how much of a jerk his character is supposed to be, uh, Cassidy's acting, like, completely overshadowed Jesse in this, in this one. Yeah, I mean, when they yeah. had the one-on-ones, it was, you know, Cassidy was kind of mm -hmm. leading the whole thing, and Jesse's just kind of sitting back with the, you know, one-liners. Although, right. I, have to, I have to say, when they were at the sink and they were talking, um, mm -hmm. that was that was a good scene for Jesse, I think, over Cassidy, because Cassidy didn't know how to explain to him, you know, what was what was going on, so. Right, right. But there was, a, there was a lot of really good dialogue in this one. I thought just the, just around the kitchen table, the uncomfortableness of them mm -hmm. all. And, and, you know, and then, of course, Cassidy's running at the mouth about Coen Brothers movies and, and uh, yeah, ripping I on them. Yeah, I can barely understand most of the stuff he was saying during that. But <laughs> well, I, I was said... catching part. He said Coen Brothers, and I, I couldn't understand what he was talking about, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was just going off on him. He was saying, uh, what does he say? Hold on. Well, when he was he was going on about it, and he, start, and he says, uh, don't sell me shite and tell me it's gold. Plot <laughs> matters. <laughs> yeah, that's great. And then, and then Emily says, "I I haven't seen a Coen's brothers movie." And and he's like, "Well, don't start with Lebowski." Oh, is that what he said? <laughs> okay, yeah. I didn't catch that. He's um, he keeps he keeps shiting on Lebowski. He does. He's ripping on Lebowski. They keep going back to that. Is awesome. <laughs> so, do you think the writers actually like Lebowski? I bet they do. Oh yeah. Oh god yeah. Are you kidding me? <laughs> There's some other things they don't like, probably. And they're ripping on them, maybe like Tom Cruise. But, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> you think? But outside of that, I think I do think they like Lebowski. But they are, I tell you what, I do think they're making a little bit of a statement about the fact that so many people like Coen Brothers movies because they don't necessarily make sense. Uh-huh. Like Preacher? And they're kind of, yeah. <laughs> well, but they're kind of saying, you know, you know, plot matters too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And there's not always a whole lot of plot in the Coen Brothers movies. Exactly. Yeah. So maybe they are making a little bit of a statement. But anyway, I thought that was a that was a great scene. But I, I think we want to get into the beginning of the of the show, right? Where no, let's we are get into the back. end. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I enjoy just randomly Hold on. talking. Let me get my notes scenes. out. Let me get my notes out. No. Um, you know, we fade back in from the ending of last week, where uh, Jesse is sent uh, Eugene to hell. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, Jesse's Scott, got. I have to. I have to correct uh, Ross and myself on that one because we said that he walked away at that point, which we were wrong. Right. Yeah, you he were didn't. correct. He, he did not just walk away at that point. He he was looking back, trying to figure out what he was going to do. I think. Right. He was. He was stunned at first. Yes. Yeah. He was totally shocked. But I don't think that he looked very remorseful. 
No, but you know what was interesting? I, I really noticed it the second time I watched it. He looks shocked and maybe a little scared, uh, and he walks forward to the spot. And then all of a sudden he just quickly straightens up, and he's fine. Uh-huh. And he turns yeah. around and walks out. So it's like whatever the power that's in him all of a sudden just took over, and he was fine with it. Uh-huh. And it seemed like throughout the episode, he was having that happen. He was having the power step in there, take him over. All of a sudden, he was confident again and, and just being bitchy to people and so forth like that. And then he would have these moments of doubt. Hmm. Yeah. You know? I, I saw that actually a lot of times. There was several times when the you could tell that it wasn't the old Jesse that was making comments and that was making right. decisions. His eyes looked a little bit darker, and his face looked a little bit more taut. Like, Stressed? Yeah, like yeah. like our face, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could tell there was a, a definite crossover between Jesse and Genesis. Mm-hmm. I think also, um, you know, we've been talking about the great job Cassidy did as an actor in this. Um, I really think um, Dominic did a really good job in this one too, mm-hmm. in that, um, he did a lot with his facial expressions in this episode. Yes, he did. Uh, you could, he really, I don't, it was, I, it's hard to appreciate, but I think he really had to change attitudes with his face yeah. over and over again. And I think he really did a good job and a lot with his eyes and so forth. Well, that's why I like um, the scene where Cassidy burned himself because correct. like that obviously was very shocking to Jesse, he yeah. he knew that he was a vampire, right? Like he's told him, but he yeah. didn't really know mm-hmm. it. Know it? He didn't believe it until well, yeah, he, he saw thought him. It was a joke. Yeah, right. exactly. But until he saw him burning, and then it was like, holy shit! Mm-hmm. Now he's on board. He understands. But he had to take it to the next level to get the point across. But isn't it interesting that something like that would shake him to the core, but yet sending Eugene to hell did not. Well, I think it did and it didn't. I mean, I think, I think when the um, whatever's inside him, the the monster voice, grabbed him, he he also didn't care. But but even when you know in the next scene he went into the church and and started doing the uh, gospel and so forth. At on that one, he looked bewildered again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He looked bewildered and scared. And he didn't use the monster voice, which he had intended to do, I think, because he had put that big loudspeaker on the front. Right. I thought he was going to bring out the monster voice and make everybody follow God. Well, yeah, he kind of wimpily said, serve God. Right, right. He's like, said his his piece. Yeah, he said his piece, and then he was like, and serve God. And then walked away. And then the next person came up for the next reading. Exactly. So I think, you know, in that moment, the monster voice didn't have control of him so much. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, in the next scene, I believe, was that, um, uh, you well, mean adult Jesse when, um, no, it when he was still adult Jesse and he walks back into the church after everybody's been leaving and so forth. And he looks at the spot again and all of a sudden he's not bewildered by it. Yeah. But then it does that close up of the spot and all of a sudden you hear the, uh, the sound of the cattle yeah. being killed. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And we well, go into you... the scene with Odin. I think to your point, though, I think even before before you get to that and uh, he goes and sits down, that woman comes up for the reading and the reading is about uh, confession, confessing your sins. Right. He is extremely yeah, right, uncomfortable right. during that reading. That. Yeah, he's, right. just, he's sitting there. And you can see his face and he's kind of like he's reacting to what the woman's reading because um, mm-hmm. it's it's like he just 
sent someone to hell. <laughs> so, And see, that's why I think that everything that Eugene had been saying to him about how it was sinful to influence people to to do his bidding just by telling them, I think that was actually starting, that was getting to him. It, it did mm-hmm. have an effect on him. Because remember last week we were kind of contemplating whether that really made any effect on him. Yeah. Oh, I agree <clears> with <throat> you. I think it totally uh, and had I, some impact with him. I think it rang true that he understood that that was a sinful thing for him to do, to force people to follow God instead of finding it their own way um, mm-hmm. or forcing people to forgive or whatever. I did think it was interesting, too, that um, on several occasions in the show, and the first one being when Jesse's standing there looking at the spot where Eugene disappeared, that he did not use the monster voice to bring Eugene back. Well, He, he did laugh. He did in the end. But yes, before okay, that, that was right. the end. Yep. But before that, he did not even try it. I know. I thought that was interesting as well. And, and I guess it symbolized to me that the voice was in charge. Mm-hmm. But Cassidy actually asked him, why didn't he do mm-hmm. it too? And he said, what do you want me to do? So, right. I'm one, I mean, yeah, he should have tried, but at least tried it. In his way, it seemed like he, he doubted that he could even do anything about it because he wasn't there at that point. No, I, you, know? you know what? It, it, uh, my impression at that point with that conversation he was having with Cassidy is that the voice was in control at that point. And the voice was kind of like, I, you know, I can't do anything about it. Hmm. That he wasn't even trying. He was kind of brushing it off. I mean, because he didn't look concerned. He's like, what do you want me to do about it? Yeah, but anytime he's ever used that power, it's the person mm-hmm. is present. The person is right there. You know? Right. So at the, if he's going to try and bring Eugene back from somewhere, he's not. he has no control over him because he's not in mm-hmm. his presence. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And then, right, and I think we find that out later on. Um, but I think... I, I think whatever this entity is, the, I, I'm going to call it the monster voice. The monster voice controls him at times, yeah. heavily influences him, and sometimes he heavily in, or he influences the monster voice. And I don't, I don't think I was getting that during this episode, but I, I have to say, I think you're right in that. That's possibly why he seemed more robotic during this episode. Yeah, um, right. A little Good less, point. a little less human. And mm-hmm. like when he's having all those discussions with um, with Cassidy, he, and even when he's having the discussion when they're showing the, the uh, play that they're putting together, he's right. much he's he's just not that he's much more serious and not there. Oh, and he's yeah, almost angry. Yeah, he's um, pissed off. <laughs> and 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 you really saw the big change uh, step in when Cassidy hit him in the face with the fire extinguisher, because yeah. all of a sudden he came up and said, "I didn't mean to do that." That uh-huh. wasn't my intention to have that happen. So he was back in control again. Exactly. Yeah. It was the remorseful Jesse. No, that's right. good. That, I think that's I didn't pick up on that, Scott, but you're right. And I think Cassidy picked up on it. That's why he smacked him in the face. Because it, yeah, right. it, it was to wake him up. Because he wasn't yeah. listening. Mm-mm. No, because Cassidy immediately after he hit him, he, he went down with him and said, So what can I do for you? Yeah, right. <laughs> he was very nonchalant about it. <laughs> How okay. you doing? Well, I got a bloody nose. I still think it's funny that Cassidy is more concerned about Eugene than even regular Jesse is. Mm-hmm. Normal Jesse. Right. Well, you think it's I weird? I keep going back. Well, I keep going back to the fact that Cassidy is a freaking vampire. Yeah. Right. Why? Why is he so remorseful? Why does he have a soul and morality? And um, He's the voice of reason. Why? I know. I, I listen. I, I wrote it down too. I, I was like, it just 
here's the thing, though, Kim. It is is so odd that he is the voice of reason in this conflict. At least the voice of reason that that knows what's going on. Okay. Yeah. But yet it doesn't seem odd that he's the one. He seems very natural in the position. I guess, you know, yeah. It's almost like the vampire side of him is just like, well, you know, it's the guy's got a club foot. You know, I mean, it's not <laughs> it's not like the prevailing part of his personality. The prevailing part of his personality is trying to reach Jesse. Uh-huh. Right. I mean, he's been around for how many years? 119. I just 119 I just can't years, get past so. it. It's, yeah, it's I, going to I, disturb me the entire time the show's on. <laughs> but I think that's what's beautiful about it, is that it's changing the right. whole focus of what the vampire's supposed to be. Yes. It, it's, I, I think it's well done. I mean, we've only seen him kill, like, what, one or two people to kill to drink their blood? He only well, has to he, kill them to, to revive himself, though. Right. He doesn't have to do it to survive. He doesn't have that... Sati- that yeah, the need to eat. The need, yes. Right. He just he just you know when he gets broken he's got to have a little to get pick a little pick, pick me, me up. up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like if his nipple gets bitten off. Exactly. Oh. No, that's that's our boy uh, Donnie. Poor Donnie. Um, so can I also bring up this question? Do we really want Eugene to come back at this point? What is G- Eugene going to be like after he has spent time in hell? What is he going to be like when he comes back? He's going to be an arse face. I think he comes back and he's horrified. Yeah. And he's angry as shit. Mm-hmm. And, but he's he's not letting anybody else know about it. But only he and Jesse know about it. Uh-huh. And he may go after Jesse. I hope he does. Because mm-hmm. Jesse deserves it. Right. But I can see Eugene coming back and, you know, keeping it all in, but being different. Being mm-hmm. angry. Yes. Just being a little bit off his rocker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, speaking of like crazy and angry, I want to go back to what you were talking about, Scott, with the um, crazy sounds coming out of the floorboards. Yes. With Mr. Uh, yeah, Quinn Cannon in his office, mm-hmm. in that lovely office atmosphere of crying animals as they're being shot. Right. Oish. And you notice he's had the big board of the Alamo there. Yeah. <laughs> right. Which, beca- which will become a major symbolism for this whole show. Yeah. In the end. Um. Yeah, that was pretty poignant start to the show. It wasn't the shocking cold start that we've had on some of them, but it was uh, it was okay. It, it played into what the was going on. He, and as soon as we get, to, go ahead, Kim. I was gonna say Odin had a very strange look on his face when they pull in for that tight shot, and he when has he's sitting at the window. Yeah, and he has like almost a smirk, but he's just staring off into the distance, and. Later on, once we find out what the rest of the story is, it kind of makes sense when you go back and look on it. But um, mm-hmm. it's like he's celebrating a little victory in his head. Well, I think yeah. there's there's a lot to Odin that, yeah. that we're going to discuss. Um, yeah. And I think we should hold off on Odin because Odin's a big, big part of this. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think we all have seen different observations on Odin that might be uh, interesting to bring up. He's such a Well, weird I think character. the other thing that, that he brought up from the last episode, I don't know if we mentioned or not, was when he was in Mexico, he was talking about that slaughterhouse that yes. you could hear from the river. Mm-hmm. Yep. They were, they, where yep. they killed like five million head in a year or something yep. like that. Yep, exactly. Yeah. He's it's pretty uh, uh, infatuated with the, the sound of dying 
cattle. It's his business. So when we come back from that scene, from the open and so forth, and we come back to, we get into some of our flashbacks Mm -hmm. to the past, which were prevalent in this episode between Jesse and Tulip. And we start seeing a lot of their, uh, get a lot of their background mm-hmm. and so forth. I love the way the uh, they're sitting outside the principal's office and all of a sudden, bam, principal's office is sprinted across the screen. Yeah. <laughs> it, all, it almost made me jump. Uh, that was great. Um, well placed. Yes, well placed. Uh, what did you guys think about um, the dynamic there, I mean, uh, between Jesse and Tulip? I... I think it's cool that they've known each other for as long as they have. I didn't realize before now. But it explains a lot about how Tulip feels about Jesse. Jesse's very indifferent. I don't understand why he's blowing her off as much as he is. I mean, there must have been something really bad that happened between the two of them for him to do that after knowing her for so long and being so close to her and protective of her for my life, it seems like. But I thought it was really cool that to see their their personalities play out as kids and how they've uh-huh. they've kind of stuck with that. Tulip was a little bitch. <laughs> yeah, she was. She was dangerous. She bit she, off Donnie's nipple. Oh, I know. She had, she had <laughs> reason to be. It sounded like. Did you, yeah. Did you just oh, notice yeah. the blood that was dripping down her chin? I know. I yeah. know. I saw that. She had a little bit stolen in her mouth. Yeah. <laughs> And I love Jesse's like, well, I'm sorry. We didn't mean it for it to get out of control. <laughs> and they sent three kids to the infirmary. Good Lord, what were you doing? <laughs> that was great. Yeah. That was great. Um, but I really like that as a kid, he stuck up for her and, and befriended her and, you know, that sort of thing. And that he convinced his dad to take her home right. since her mom's in jail and uncle's drunk. You know, and I wonder, though, I mean, I, you know, I had a lot of going back and forth about what I felt about um, the elder Custer. But I, I, you know, I think he just, he just, out of the kindness of his heart, took Tulip in. Because mm-hmm. he's the one who asked her the questions. I don't think Jesse even said anything at the time. And he said, all right, well, come with no, us. No, he said, what about her? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's he, when the dad asked the question. Well, didn't he say something about her, her family and... Yeah, she he asked. He says, well, "Where's your mom?" She says, "It's in jail." Where's your Where's your uncle? Um, drunk. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, he didn't even yeah. he didn't ask until Jesse said something, right? Because the, right. the dad was going to uh, preach her, former preacher mm-hmm. was going to just leave right. him, leave her there. So, right. So it was. It, I had a lot of going back and forth on that guy. I mean, you know, it seemed like one minute he was really trying to help out and do stuff, and then. And then when he uh, turns around and and turns her into the Department of Human Services, yeah, and and his only excuse was is she's an O'Hare, mm-hmm. and O'Hare's well, in trouble. Th- there's more to that story, I think. Without a doubt, without a doubt. Yeah, and I think that's just setting it up, right? And you heard Jesse refer to that in the episode later on too. Mm-hmm. When he called her, he said, "You're just an O'Hare." Yeah, he's just referencing what his dad always told him. Right. But we don't know what that means yet. Right. But it really exactly. it really made me mad because like I'm looking at it from the humanity side. How long had she been staying with them before he called human services on her? And wasn't she a valuable part of the of the household because she was helping out with the dishes and whatnot? Like 
how could he be so callous to just turn her in like that? It's hard to say. I mean, Jesse even said, you know, he said, well, she's been mostly good, so she hadn't been wholly good. <laughs> yeah. I don't think Tulip is capable of being wholly good. No. But, um, but still, I just, I don't get it. Yeah, well, and the dad, I mean, obviously there's something with that family, uh, background to that family, which we see again in the episode with the uncle, mm-hmm. who's continuing his ways. Right. And everybody in that town is staring at them because they know... Right. Well, they know what something they are. we don't know. Yeah. Well, he's a drunk, passed the, out on the. Yeah, they're the trash seat. of the neighborhood. Exactly, and they always her, have been. Apparently, her since mom she was, was a, a prostitute, and her uncle was a drunk. Mm-hmm. Right, but I'm just saying that's driving it home that you know all these people, even the mascot is walking its dog, <laughs> I know, and shakes awesome. his head. <laughs> I get waiting for the Indian to jump out and punch him again. Is it, is it is it a prairie dog mascot? What is that? Thing? Yeah, I think it is. I think it is. But you know, one thing I thought that was interesting is um, in a lot of those scenes from the the, the past, uh, Jesse seems like a really nice, good, um, yes, you know, student, good kid. But you know, even even when he prays, he says to God, you know, I'm trying to be good. I'm doing my best to be good. Yeah. But it means he's not always good. He was already struggling with that. You know, I mean, he says it's hard not to be bad. Yeah, but he's also a kid. What does he know about being bad? I mean, I don't like, know. But he it, doesn't. What I'm trying to say is, like, if his if he washes the dishes wrong, his dad seems like the type of guy who would be like, "You didn't wash that well enough. You're being bad." That type of thing. Is that really being bad? No, not really. But that's what your dad is making you think you are doing. I don't know. And from the very beginning, I've always said, he doesn't seem like an evil person. He just seems like a person who's struggling with the idea of being good or bad. He's done some bad things, just like we all have probably done some bad things. But it doesn't mean we're evil. I haven't. Oh, yeah, because you're an angel. (laughs) I was a shining example, wasn't I, Stuart? Yes. Especially yeah. when you came to Baylor. You were definitely hard to live up to, Scott. <laughs> Didn't you chase them around the house with a knife once? No, that's... Uh, don't get started. <laughs> no. That could be a whole podcast about Scott stories. Uh, we're going to get my uh, my uh, that, wait, yeah, I think other brother that. on here, Stephen, and he'll give you all kinds of interesting fables. <laughs> fables. Scott was just showing off his knife collection, mm-hmm, quote, mm-hmm. end quote. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't throwing him at you. Well, right. That's that. right. And this good looking. <laughs> <laughs> Look how sharp that is, you squirt. Look at it. Shine Don't it. Shine it. <laughs> uh, it's good times. Uh, but no, but I, 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 I took it as being that <laughs> Jesse has always had a struggle with being good and bad. Mm-hmm. I yeah. mean that, you know, because, you know, this whole show is about Jesse's struggle. Yeah. And, and well, yeah, his know. dad was extremely strict, though, I think is what Kim was trying to get across is that, sure. um, you know, it kind of uh, closes you off mm-hmm. from reality when when your parents are that strict. And I, like one of the things that uh, from one of the earlier episodes was when he caught him smoking. Mm-hmm. And um, so he whipped, yeah, whipped Jesse him. in front of all the other kids, exactly. which Tulip was there during right. that. So and Donnie um, was too. But, 
Yeah. yeah. So it's you know it kind of kind of pushed him away in a way, but I, at the same time, I think Jesse uh, was you know I mean he wholeheartedly like followed exactly what his dad was trying trying to teach him. Right. I still think I I don't know why, but in my head I still think there was something more fundamental about that comment than he made. Mm-hmm. About his being his you know his true self. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe we'll find that out later. I mean, because something had to drive him to be a bad guy. Well, I mean, if you have a perceived badness of yourself and you think, mm-hmm. oh, well, they all think I'm bad anyway, so I might as well just act like I'm bad. Right, that right. could drive you to lead a life of crime. Okay. Yeah, well, However, if, you're, if, you're told, if you're told your entire life that even the little things that you do are bad, mm-hmm. then at some point you just kind of give up. You exactly. know, like, screw it. I'm just going to be bad at everything. Like, why do I keep trying? There's one more thing why I think there might be some relevance to it, and that's because when, you know, in the scene when his father's going to be killed, Mm -hmm. his father is very adamant about something bigger was coming for him, okay? Mm -hmm. It Mm -hmm. was almost to the fact that he knew something else was coming for Jesse. And, And I wonder, you know, it makes me wonder if his whole life had been building to something. Yeah. Extraordinary. I don't know. I kind of took that as just like a general comment of him, like I know saying you could take it either way. I agree. You know? Yeah. No. I. I. I think maybe he may have been trying to console him. Yeah. Yeah. Right. He's, I mean, he's he's telling him, listen, um, you know, you, you be one of the good guys. So I mean, again, it kind of goes back to that question as to what the hell was his dad doing if he's telling him be one of the good guys? I don't know. Well, there's we got to remember also. There's a reason the entity chose him. That's what I was getting ready to say. Yeah. There's something in, and, and I I know I'm going back and forth about the way I feel, mm-hmm. but there's, I mean, there's obviously something inside of Jesse that made the entity Genesis mm-hmm. stick. Right. He's different. There's something very different about Jesse. And that's why I'm saying I feel like that comment he's making to God, even when he's praying as a kid, has some relevance to it, that he's been in a battle with this his whole life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I still feel like... Deep thoughts for what is probably not yeah. what I'm thinking. I'm, I'm thinking we're beating the I mean, cowboy's dead horse right now. Yeah, we could be. No, I don't think we're beating it. I think that... I don't think we're going to find an answer tonight. No, of course not. Of course not. Uh, so, it'll be interesting. All right. So, uh, let's jump to the next part of the show, which was uh, actually pretty funny, I thought, was uh, Tulip running down the street. Damn, she can run. She, she can. I love the man. She was... She was vaulting all over everything and jumping over cars and all that shit. I thought it was great. Shoes in her hand mm-hmm. with a skirt on and bare feet. I cannot do that. No. There's no way no. I would even want to do that. I, I'd be crying just wearing the skirt. But nonetheless. <laughs> uh, I would be laughing. <laughs> yes, you would. <laughs> Stuart would be thinking another fine example of your older brother. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah. And she didn't even break a sweat doing it no, either. No, no. And I, I love the way she daintily put the shoes on the hood of the of the truck that was there, and then yeah. turned around mm-hmm. and swatted that kid yeah. <laughs> off his bike. <laughs> uh, uh, awesome. So evidently, these kids had stolen her uncle's pants while he was passed out in the yard. I know. Did you notice he had one sock that was like dangling by his toes? <laughs> I did. That's a good observation. <laughs> I saw that too. <laughs> but I also noticed that his underwear were pretty darn clean. They were. So he. Must take care of himself a little bit. Well, he hadn't. He didn't need to go when he was passed out in the yard, evidently. Apparently um, not. 
I would have soiled myself. But I think that whole scene really <laughs> showed how difficult Tulip's position is in that community. Yeah. That no yeah. matter what she does to try to help or something like that, she's still going to be looked on as trash by the rest of the community. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think the one of the telling things out of it when she's sitting on the steps is that she mm-hmm. just kind of gives up and pulls a cigarette out, even though everybody's mm-hmm. staring at her. She's right. she does she's not like okay, I got to get him inside because this is embarrassing. She's just she's like, resigned. It. She's resigned. Yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna yeah. have a cigarette. What can I do? Oh, girl. Which yep. thank God he had some cigarettes. Yeah, really. So begins her vulnerability that we start to see in this episode, mm-hmm. which we mm-hmm. saw last episode too. I think when she was talking to Emily at the kitchen table. But um, but I really like that she's becoming more of a person, that that hard facade is just being torn down. And we're seeing what she's really made of and why she's so mean to people. Because she has to be. She has to have a thick skin right. in order to survive the crap that's been dealt to her for her whole life. Yeah. Well, yeah, she did survive because she had a thick skin. She's uh, She had to be tough through all of it. You know, not having parents around, and then I—I I, I don't know. I can only assume the only people that she's she's relying on is like this drunk uncle and someone else to to live off of. So that's Jessie. why she's well, and Jesse too. But I mean, I don't know how far they were separated from each other if she got pulled away by child services. Oh, I think they were separated for a long time. Yeah, and I think that's what screwed up uh, Tulip the way it did is that uh, if, had she stayed with Jesse and his father, she probably would not have turned out as bad. But, you know, the yeah, one... Th- she I was pretty f- bad at the start, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, she was still with her <laughs> with her mom and the, and the drunk uncle. Mm-hmm. Um, I have mixed feelings about it. Um, I still enjoyed that girl that made a bazooka out of cans. Yeah. I, I like the superhero aspect of her. Um, mm. But... But at the same time, I do I, I, I agree with what you're saying, Kim, and I do think that uh, it's making her more of a solid character. I almost I guess part of mine is where I'm worrying is that uh, I don't know if I wanted her to be totally a solid character. I more wanted her to be a periphery character that just came in there and just was like the wild card and stirred everything up. <laughs> you know, but I but you're but you're right. I mean, she's definitely um, we're definitely seeing what she really is. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, but there's a lot of lot of blank areas out there on her though. Mm-hmm. Because that girl that made the bazooka is not necessarily the same girl we're looking at right now. No, the girl that made the bazooka was almost like supernatural. Right. And this girl is very down to earth and not grounded. Definitely not grounded, but she's. I want to see her go ninja on somebody. <laughs> I mean, seriously, to get back that 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 battling look of her or whatever. I really want her to to take out some people. Maybe she will in the next episode. Maybe she'll be taking out these yeah. Quinn Cannon meat and packing Th- that's guys. That's what I was going to say. I bet well, she, she threw will uh, Cassidy out a window. Yeah, she did. She did. Yes, but he wasn't it was looking. a pretty good move. No, he, he wasn't was looking, good. but still. He really wasn't looking. And he's a vampire. He might be pretty light. <laughs> he's pretty skinny. Um, but nonetheless... Um, that's what I was going to say I, I couldn't do that mm-hmm. no and I think I, I, I agree with your observations Kim and I, I do think it's interesting like I said it's a war mm-hmm. with me but it's not necessarily that I think it's bad or anything like that yeah. I think it's I, I think her her uh, character's playing out pretty well and I just love Ruth Naga mm-hmm. she's such a beautiful person mm-hmm. and she's I love her hair 
okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say the same thing. I really do. She's got great hair. I love her hairstyle. Uh-huh. And um, the the outfits that they choose for her to wear, yeah. that character to wear. Very, very them. 1950s. I was yes, going to say are. 50, yeah, 50s, early 60s kind of look. Even the, yeah. her hair, the way yep. it's done. Yeah, exactly. She's super cute. You're going to get a haircut like that, Kim? No, I used to have my hair kind of like that. Well, do it again. Why not? Mm, maybe. Well, the next thing we have is a, uh, uh, I guess, a pretty important scene where, like Stuart was talking about, where um, Cassidy confronts Jesse in the back of the uh, the kitchen area. In the, yeah, mm-hmm. in the kitchen, right? Right. And he starts asking him about, you know, he's not being judgmental, but is there anything he can do to help Jesse after Jesse made Eugene disappear? And of course, you yeah. you know, Jesse plays it off like, "What are you talking about? I don't know what you're talking about." Well, Cassidy's he keeps saying, "So how are you?" And, right. <laughs> and or is there anything I can do? And Jesse's like, uh, "Well, once I get out of this weird conversation, <laughs> exactly <laughs> with you." Because <laughs> um, he keeps asking him the same thing over and over, which is why Cassidy finally hits him in the face with the fire extinguisher and asks the exact same thing. But you know, he, was, he wasn't uh, waking up, right? What well, he was getting ready to say something to Cassidy, though he was getting ready to to admit something to Cassidy when Emily walked in and made them aware that. He oh, needed yeah, to that's go right. Out. That's right. What I wanted to ask you is, you know, Emily had a weird look on her face. Do you think she heard the conversation? Well, that's what it was implied. But that's but I don't know. I mean, when she, you know when they were at the the kitchen table, she acted surprised about the fact that that Cassidy was different. But I don't think so. I don't think she heard the conversation. Well, she was standing there looking a little shocked mm-hmm. when 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 they turned around and saw her there. So um, I because I think the last thing out of uh, Jesse's mouth was. Something like I had to do it to him or something like right, that. Because exactly. he was talking about Eugene. And right before that, Cassie said, Well, you made the kid disappear. Yeah, and I don't I don't yeah. think she heard all of that, but mm-hmm. she knew something was going down. Something happened. Jesse did something, which is kind of her Oh, you know, you she's, know what? she's wary that Jesse is gonna do something. Right. No, that explains why you know, I hadn't thought about it before. I couldn't figure out why she covered for Jesse with Sheriff Root. Because yeah. remember, she yeah. she gave him out as saying, "Yeah, he 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 did meet with her, and that meet with uh, Eugene in the morning." And then she said, "Oh yeah, but I saw him leave." When we know for for a fact she did not see him leave. And, right. Right. Well, she appreciates what he's doing for the whole congregation. Yeah, but I think she also knows that Jesse did something to Eugene. Well, I I think I that I don't know if it gets that specific. I don't know. I yeah, I mean, I think that when she first told Sheriff Ruth that she had seen him. She had mm-hmm. no idea. And then she saw Jesse's face, and then she's like, shit, something's going down. So she had to yeah, cover for him. Exactly. I don't think she thinks that something really, that he did something to him. Well, I think he put, I think she put I two think and she, two together. Well, I think, I think she knows that he knows something. I think she put two and two together, because I think she did hear Cassidy say something, or or him say something about, you know, I had to do it to him, or something yeah, like but that. Why? why would she sell Jesse out? To Sheriff Root. No, no, that's what I'm saying. Right, but I think all of a sudden she put, she connected, she connected. Oh, you mean in the moment? In the moment, she accidentally connect or actually connected the dots. Yeah. And that's when she went, oh, but you know, I did see him leave. Yeah, I mean, that's a possibility. Oh, let me remove this foot from my mouth. Exactly. That's a possibility. Yeah. 
It, that would no, explain it, it because I always kept wondering what the hell, why the hell is she cover for him like that? Well, she, I mean, mm-hmm. she's always wondering that or wondering if he's going to do something wrong, and which is why when he went over there and mm-hmm. the kid was like, oh yeah, mom's pooping. Yeah. And she, <laughs> yes. and he went in there and started talking to her and, and she said, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, what did you do now? What did you do now, Jesse? Well, we, you know, and we also saw that kind of uh, uncomfortable conversation between her and Cassidy on the front porch. Uh-huh. And and she says, she says, I know I don't know know everything that Jesse does. Mm. And Cassie's like, yes, you don't know what we've all done. Mm-hmm. So I think she, I think she was starting to put together what she heard them saying. Maybe she maybe not know exactly what has happened, or you know right. what she happened. Knows there's to something Eugene, underlying, but there's something that these guys, that at least Jesse was involved with, with Eugene disappearing. Mm-hmm. Just a thought. Just, just yeah. a thought. It's possible. But I did like uh, Cassidy's line where he said, I saw with the RC face kid. I saw. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. He that said the RC great. face. The RC face kid. I know. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing, though. Uh, you know, in that conversation where, uh, you know, soon after that, Cassidy and uh, and uh, Tulip have that conversation about the fact that, that uh, they slept together. Yeah. Or Cassidy, as Cassidy put it, they made love, which she laughed at. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, he says, well, I never I never told Jesse. You know, I never told Jesse about it. And she says, well, that's a good thing. He probably would have killed you. Mm-hmm. But you know what I was thinking? I don't know if he would have. I haven't seen anything about Jesse that makes me think he's jealous of stuff going on with Tulip. Mm-mm. She wants that. Yeah, I mean, she's tr- he's treated her as an irritant. Most of the time. Yeah, I think that's just what, that's like her wishful thinking. Like, maybe at one time he would have probably done something. Mm -hmm. But right now, especially in this current state, there's, he's not showing any indication that he would even care. Right. That something's going on. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I almost, oh, I feel bad for Tulip. And I also feel bad for Cassidy in the same respect because Tulip is she's like longing to be wanted by Jesse and mm-hmm. he is doing the exact opposite and it's killing well, he her. just he just doesn't notice yeah which is even worse he just doesn't notice. that's even worse well and it, it you could say the same thing about emily yes emily's trying to break through to the that's guy true too. and the guy's oblivious yeah. but um, i feel bad for he's Cassidy gone f- too though because mm-hmm. he's trying to do the same thing with tulip yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You could tell Cassidy's face has definitely been a little bit doggied yeah. uh, lately about the tulip situation. Yeah. it's. Although it's I, I, I like the line when they were talking and he said, uh, I know you guys are all about ripping the balls off Pedro. <laughs> and tulip says, you mean Carlos? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's still on. We're just we're just on a delay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's good. Uh, it was funny, though, when, when uh, Cassidy referred to it as made love, because you would expect her to say something like banged or shagged. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> he said made right. love. Right, yeah. I know, that tells me that he really does like her a lot. I'll tell you another thing that cracked me up is that Cassidy, Cassidy doesn't know what Jesse does in his job. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. What do you mean? Well, what I mean is that um, when Tulip and, and Cassidy are kind of going on about... You know who knows Jesse better, and so forth. Mm-hmm. And and he's and she says something like, you know, well, what do you, you know, what does Jesse do? And and he's kind of like, 
well, you know, I know he does, and then he kind of stops and he goes, you know, I don't really know what he does. <laughs> yeah, he says he's a preacher. He's like, but I don't know what that means. Yeah, that's right. He d- but I don't oh. know what he really does. Yeah, he kind of paused and said, well, I'm not really sure what that means, but. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, no, <laughs> he has no idea really what a preacher does. I did not even pick up on that. Yeah, Although I did was... find it funny when she asked him about his favorite actor, and he said, Ryan Phillippe. <laughs> like, I know. seriously? I thought that was hilarious. That was pulled out of left air. Left air. <laughs> what does that mean, Kim? I have no idea what that means. Well, who no. is Ryan Phillippe? He was, uh, he's he's, an he's actor. one of those. He, yeah, he's one of those uh, young like actors. David Caruso? No, 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 no. He was in stuff like uh, <laughs> I Know What You Did Last Summer or something like that. You know, one of those slasher movies. He was married to, um, um, shit, what was her name? Okay. I don't really want to know that much about him, obviously. He was in The but Lincoln Lawyer. With, Sweet Home uh, Alabama okay. Girl. What was her name? Was that in? Was she in that too? She was, oh. she was the main actress. Wasn't it? Was she? Yeah. In The Lincoln Lawyer? No, okay. Sweet Home Alabama. Honestly. You guys are talking way too much about it. I just wanted to know who he was. Good Lord. Please don't tell me like his entire IMDb selection. How about you just edit? Oh, no. It's happening now, babe. No, please. No, no, no. no. I don't want to I gotta know. Find I really out her don't. Name. Reese no, Witherspoon. Don't. Thank you. Ugh. So we, um, so we jump back in time again, and we see uh, Jesse and Tulip wrestling. Um, yeah. And later that night, Tula appears, uh, Jesse's dad, calling somebody. And that's when it turns out we find out that it was the Texas Department of Human Services. And they take Tulip away. Um, and, of course, Jesse's flipping out. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, that kid did a great job. Really good job mm-hmm. Yeah, he was good. Um, and the only excuse, the only real excuse that his dad gives him is because she's an O'Hare. Mm-hmm. And O'Hare's are trouble. So it's evidently something we'll find out more about later on. But he's obviously a very forgiving preacher. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. Exactly. There's a lot of Christianity in the man. Yep. Um, but you know, so that's that's kind of uh, where we see where there was a breakup between Jesse and Tulip at some point, and that may have been where her upbringing started going back down again. So right. I do have a question. Please. <laughs> the fact that that she left when she did, do you think that could have possibly saved her life when Jesse's dad was murdered in front of him? Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. Because um, if she was not his kid, mm-hmm. maybe she would have been killed maybe. as an afterthought. You know? Yeah, yeah. Very. I mean, sure. I mean, I you know, it's funny though. I don't know necessarily if she would have because they didn't kill Jesse. Right, but he they could have kept him alive as a an example like this is what's going to happen if you don't do as we say or live this yeah, certain way yeah. or whatever, you know. She definitely would have been in harm's way. Right. I mean, she would have been collateral. But at the same time, obviously her, you know, she was showing signs of having a better life while she was there with them. Mm-hmm. You know, she started really straightening up and so forth. And then her getting thrown into the uh, Department of Social Services system, I'm sure did not do her any good on that front. No, but she's alive. She's alive, but she's... Uh, and there's that. Yeah. She's got a shitty life, though. She has a little less self-control, probably, than Jesse. Mm-hmm. So that might have been a death. I don't know. I think that. I think that... I think that whole scene... With her sitting on the front porch with her drunk uncle, 
Tells you she's got a pretty shitty life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. But we don't know if she actually ended up with them or if she ended up somewhere else. Mm-hmm. She pro- she was probably like in the foster care system. Right, right. That's what I mean. She probably bounced Most around. Most of her life. And it was a pretty shitty system. Yeah. We are talking about Texas. Um, True. Actually, it sucks here too. What am I talking about? <laughs> so, I think it sucks everywhere. Yeah. So later that everywhere. night, later that night, we see Jesse uh, praying again. But this time, he prays for Tulip wherever she is, and he also prays that God kills his dad and sends him straight mm-hmm. to hell. Mm-hmm. I half expected to hear the angry voice come out of him. Yeah. It hadn't come yet, though. No. Of course not. It had not yeah. arrived. And we'll see later on that, you know what? His wishes came true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, yeah, he blamed himself for it. I thought it was funny the the when he is, um, you know, when they come back to the present and he's uh, reviewing those people and they're they're coming up with the play. <laughs> He's just being a total dick. I know. You know, what a being jerk. critical of them. They should be scared. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They have a wall of flames coming behind them. They should be more scared. Yeah, he was taken extremely seriously. But yeah, they should be. Because, yeah, it was the... the what, wait, it was the... Um, which story is that? The city that God destroys. Yes. Sodom and Gomorrah. Sodom and Gomorrah. Mm-hmm. Mm. And, yeah, so Lot's wife turns around and turns into the pillar of salt. You would not know and it, so, folks, but Stu and I went to Catholic schools. I did, yeah, too. That's right. Oh, you did, too? I didn't realize yeah, but that. That's old, that's old Testament stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's true. I went to high school. I didn't go to <laughs> elementary. Oh, you know, now that you mention that, that is funny because uh, it's a good— uh, I'm glad you mentioned it because I thought about it at the time. Uh, what was interesting, you know, you were talking about it was kind of strange the way Cassidy— is kind of the voice of reason and so forth like that. It was interesting to me that when Cassidy and Jesse were having their argument, that Jesse was arguing more the uh, Old Testament stuff and Cassidy was New Testament. Hmm. You know, hmm. all about forgiveness. You, you know, God yeah. will forgive you and so forth like that. And and Jesse was all about, you know, you're going to be punished in hell. You deserve it. You know, you're going to burn for eternity. And, and uh, I think, what did he... <laughs> what did... um. Cassidy say something like uh, he'll spend eternity getting poked in the arse by a bunch of bastards or something like that. Yeah, right. You know, <laughs> but I thought that was interesting the way uh, you know the the dynamic between the two in in the books of the Bible and the way that that was being represented by those two characters, the new and the old. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was. No, it's a good catch. It is a good catch because again, yeah, I mean, here, like, how old is this entity? Right, right. Since Genesis. Well, since uh, a devil or a demon and a and a angel hooked up, yep, that would be the beginning. Or it could have been last week. We don't know. <laughs> All right, folks, we're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, we will jump back into probably what's going on with uh, Odin Quinn Cannon. Mm-hmm. What do you think, oh, yeah. folks? There's a lot to talk about there. Um, oh yeah, anyway. and our flame and Cassidy. Yeah. Definitely. Flame and Cassidy. That's that's a terrible dish. It is. Uh, We'll be back in a minute. So give me tonight, let me hold you. Give me tonight, please be mine. Let the devil take tomorrow. Let the devil. Give me tonight. 
everybody we're back um i thought one of the more pivotal scenes in the show was the next one i think it was actually the one that emily came in there and interrupted them about was uh otis quincannon showing up at the at the preacher's house oh yeah and it was it was an interesting scene because he was very jovial and it was, the conversation started out great you know he was talking about finishing his alamo diorama and so forth and right. Jesse's, you know, he's talking about the fact that uh, he feels like he's let down his company. And Jesse makes the point that, you know, well, God always lets you start again. This thing. Mm-hmm. And, and then Odin says, well, that's what I'm doing. And then he puts down the deed to Jesse's land mm-hmm. and wants Jesse to sign over the church and the land to him because... Mm-hmm. Evidently, that was or that was their bet, and their bet was that Odin would go to church, and Jesse said he would leave as a Christian. Right. And we all saw when he asked him in church, he says, "Yes, I'm going to serve God," right? Mm-hmm. Because Jesse used the monster voice on him. But he says, "You you know as you know as well as anybody, I'm not a Christian." That's what Odin says to Jesse. So, what do you guys think happened? What happened here? <laughs> I don't know. I've been trying to figure it out. And uh, part of the reason I think, uh, well, even coming in, into that scene, when he's going to confess, when he changes the, the whole dynamic of the conversation and he says he's going to confess, I thought he was going to say that he killed those people. Right, I did too. Right. And part of me is thinking that he killed those people in a way to prove to himself that he wasn't a Christian. But I don't know. I mean, uh, something didn't take when when the monster voice. You know, we, we knew that. You know, we knew that we were, that uh, God was something different in the mind to Odin. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and I don't know exactly how he escaped the clutches of the the entity's voice, but of the monster voice. I don't know if he did. I mean, Kim, what do you think? I mean, I was actually thinking the same thing. I still think that. Odin thinks that somehow he is God and he's serving yeah. or himself. at least he's serving God. Yeah. By doing what he's doing. Yeah. Um I don't think that he's not immune to Jesse. I think that he was affected by Jesse. Um, but I think that he thinks he's serving God by doing his um like he's fulfilling his family's legacy and the the idea that his family will continue as cattle farmers and all that stuff, but also that he will rule the land and that he will so rebuild. This will be the last. He will rebuild that empire. Yeah, it's the last little bit that he needs to rebuild and to rule the the land entirely. And that's you know that's that's the price you pay when you deal with the devil, basically. And that's what Jesse's been doing, and that's why I'm like that's why I'm even worried about like Eugene coming back. Like, what's he going to be like? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think the other yeah. thing that we're starting to somewhat scratch the surface of is the uh, extent of what this power does. Right. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we saw when when Odin first got affected by it was, um, oh, who is his underling guy? I forget. Is it uh, Donnie? Not Don- Donnie. Is it Donnie? Yeah. 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 Donnie who... Nippolis Donnie. Um, says, well, what did he say to you? Because Donnie, when he, when he gets... Uh, told to put the gun in his mouth and everything he's Mm -hmm. completely aware of what's going on but he can't control himself right 
um, we know that Odin is an extremely strong-minded person. And when the preacher said something to him at the, at the chapel, he may have responded, but at the same time known completely what he was saying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, there may be a very limited um, strength that this entity actually has when when uh, the preacher actually says something to somebody. But mm-hmm. I think the other part of that, too, is that if you're going to define someone as evil, Odin is the epitome of evil. Mm-hmm. And whether that means that this, that Genesis <clears throat> doesn't necessarily work on someone who is the same as him, maybe it... It feeds off of the innocent souls. And Odin so is... So it has like varying degrees. Yeah, and Odin is certainly not an innocent. Maybe it's serving the different god. Maybe it's serving the devil. You yeah. know, maybe it, it deflects him in a different way. Mm-hmm. Because he's already on that path. Yeah. You know, That's true. That's a good this, point. This entity is, is half, you know, half angel, half demon. So if, it's, if you've already got evil in you, maybe it deflects you that way. Mm-hmm. It, it could be. I'm... I'm, I'm I'm totally undecided. I, I mean, I see both sides. I see him as, you know, in one respect, you know, thinking he's fulfilling God's will by doing what he's doing. The only thing that I kind of threw a pie in the face of that was when he says, you know, I'm not a Christian. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mm-hmm. wouldn't have expected him to say that if he was fulfilling God's will, even in right. his head. Um Exactly. But I think what I think, Stu, you make a really good point about the fact that when he was saying that, that he was fully aware. But let me ask you this though: uh, Why would he? Why would he act to Jesse like it was never said? Because he says, "You know, you didn't hear that about him being a Christian." Yeah, I mean, Jesse says, "Well, we all heard you in church," and he says, "You know, you didn't hear that." I know. I think he said, "You know, I'm not a Christian." No, he said that first. He said that first, and Jesse said, but we all heard you say it in church. And he says, hmm. you know you didn't hear that. Uh, hmm. Well, I don't know. but I mean, It was almost like he was in denial. The only thing I can think about is that all religions have a god. and Buddhist? Well, there's still a, a higher entity. Buddha. Okay. And so even if... And, and, Queen Cannon does not seem like the type of person who subscribes to a religion, so to speak. Like a, mm-hmm. you know, like a real religion. Right. But he has a set of beliefs. He has a set of beliefs. But I think that even if he says he um, will be following God, it doesn't mean that it's the traditional type of God that serves, that Christians serve. Mm-hmm. So if he says, so if, if Jesse tells him that he's supposed to be a Christian... No, he's not supposed to be a Christian, but he's serving God. But he said, I will, I will serve God. And then when Jesse confronts him with the fact he said that, it was almost like he had no idea what he was talking about. Because he mm-hmm. had a bewildered look on his face like, you know, I never said that. Well, sounded, to me, it was like he was lying. Like mm-hmm. he was, well, like he's yeah. a salesman, you know. Like he's throwing it back in Jesse's face and making him doubt himself. I, I agree with that. It did. I, I don't remember that specific line, but I, I think I remember somewhat what you're talking about, Scott. That he, it did seem like he was lying about it. Like he was just completely ignoring what he did. Mm-hmm. Right, right, yeah, it, it, right. But I guess my uh, 
confusion is is whether he was consciously doing it or unconsciously doing it. You know, lying would mean he was consciously doing it. Not right. remembering the fact that it happened is something different. No, and I agree with you. Because he know. did look I, like I he did look like he was looking at the preacher like crazy. You know, I never said that. Right. So I don't know. I'm I'm totally on this whole subject. I am up in the air. We have a lot of unknowns and, in this episode, don't we? Well, and that's where <laughs> that's where I was sort of leaning on that maybe he was killing those people to prove to himself that he couldn't have said things like that. You know. Mm-hmm. You know, like he he was just trying to show, like, listen, I you know I am not a Christian. I am actually evil. I just killed all these people. Unless Stu, unless he's looking at it from. He killed those people as part of God's plan. Right. In his twisted yeah, mind. It could have been. Yeah, I don't know. But the, I don't know what his God's plan is. The but. other thing, though, is the idea that maybe Jesse's power wears off after a while. Right. I thought of that, too. Because every time he's in the moment and he tells somebody to do something or say something, they are totally focused like they're in a trance, right? Um, mm-hmm. So we never, but we never have seen people after the fact. You know, I, I disagree with you on one I thing. Keep, I disagree I with you on one thing. I keep going back to Donnie on that. Right. I, I agree with you, Stu. That's the one thing. Donnie was fully conscious throughout the whole ordeal he went through with, with the gun in his mouth. Mm-hmm. That's he true. wasn't in a daze. That's he wasn't drifting off. He was watching it happen as it happened. Uh-huh. And he was scared that it was happening. Right. So he knew he was being controlled by Jesse. Mm-hmm. Um, and he knew again, after the fact that he was controlled by mm-hmm. Jesse. Right. He still harbors that memory and... And his hatred for Jesse is because of that. So it almost, you know, I'm almost kind of drifting back toward what Stuart said about him being aware that he was saying he was going to serve God, but also at the same time, same time being aware that that's not truly him. Well, right. and, and, and with Tracy Loach's mom, she was totally yeah. into what she was saying, that she mm-hmm. forgave Eugene. So I think that what we're figuring out is that there are different levels mm-hmm. of the effect. Of the influence. Yeah, I okay. I'm I'm gonna. I don't know that I'll keep this in here, but <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna ask. Did the Miss Loach seem like she was actually into what? Yes. Okay. Because it almost to me when she hugged Eugene, she seemed like she was being forced to do it. Like no, she was I, uncomfortable. No, doing her it. whole body relaxed. Oh, really? Okay. Okay. I I had the sense that she bought into it, kind of like yeah, what, me too. The, the way Odin looked when he when he said he was gonna follow God. To uh, Jesse, he looked like he was totally in the moment. I think. Well, it's got. I think it's got to do with strength of mind. Then it's mm-hmm. got to be. You know, like um, how simple-minded the person yeah, is. Could or be. How could be. Trusting. Anyway, I we're not going to get any answers about that right now. Um, that's yet to be seen. But it was definitely a interesting twist on uh, Jesse's uh, a look at Jesse's uh, monster voice power. It was the Genesis. Well, even with um, Cassidy, when he was telling Cassidy mm-hmm. to do all those things and he flew into the wall, Cassidy, Cassidy knew, knew what he was doing. Yeah, he saw it. He knew it was happening. And he was even laughing about it. Exactly. And the effect did not last on Cassidy. No. So. Yeah. Hop on one foot. Yep. So I think there are different levels and intensity of the effect of this. So. Yeah, I agree. Hmm. Yep. And Speaking so, of Cassidy, let's talk so, about Man on Fire. Well, I was yeah. just going to say, I wonder what would happen if he told Tulip to do something. Because she said when she was talking to Cassidy, because Cassidy said mm-hmm. he can make people do things. And she said, not me. 
Yeah, and that was one of his best lines of the show is when he went, you might be surprised. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, because he knew. He knew mm-hmm. Jesse could control her. Mm-hmm. She has no idea what he's talking about. Right. And speaking of which, the whole dinner party was fantastic. Um, yeah, it was like a family awkward <laughs> craziness. Like, well, oh, it, I don't want to be in here. <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, you got you got Cassidy going off about the Coen Brothers movies. You got Emily just trying to look around at everybody. You got you got uh, Tulip pissed, and you got Jesse just kind of fuming at the end of the table. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like an awkward that '70s show. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> because they were panning around to everybody with better table. clothes. Um, <laughs> so, and and of course that all led up to uh, then the you know the sheriff comes in and interrupts. He's looking for his son Eugene, and they get into the lie about not having seen him. At least Jesse and Emily, and then Jesse of course goes to walk him out. And that's when he gets clubbed in the face with the fire extinguisher. Mm-hmm. Now, that was your favorite scene, Stu? Yes. <laughs> yes, it was. Well, because it's, it's wake-up time for Jesse. Because mm-hmm. um, at, at that point, uh, or at what's been leading up to this point, is that Cassidy's been trying to tell him that he is a vampire. Or he's been trying to get through to him, actually. Well, and yeah, I, I mean, Tulip, the point yeah, is... Tulip was brought up the fact that he didn't... Uh, he didn't get through to him that he was the vampire. Well, I think even but before he, that, though, Stuart, he was trying to point out the fact that Eugene, you know, Eugene's burning in hell because of what yeah. Jesse said. Right. And, and he's kind of like, you need to realize that. You need to realize that this is something you did and this kid did not deserve it because that's when, yeah, you Yeah, know, no, you're right. You're right. He exactly. explains all about Eugene's uh, not being so innocent and all that stuff, but, but Cassidy's kind of unfazed by it. And he's like, yeah, but it still doesn't mean you're going to burn in hell, mm-hmm. you know? And and that's when he said, you know, that's when he made the decision. Okay, I'm going to reveal myself to him. And he said, hey, you know, you're going to watch me burn in hell too? Mm-hmm. And that's when he ste- stepped into the sunlight and let himself catch on fire. Which was totally gnarly. Yep. After he, of course, after he threw Jesse the fire extinguisher. Which, which put the ball in Jesse's court. It said, hey, exactly. are you going to save me or not? And we don't know if he did or not. No. No, and that's the killer. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, Kat, um, uh, uh, what's his name? Jesse is pretty shook up. Mm-hmm. Well, he looks pretty guilty when he comes well, back to the table. Or he looks pissed. I thought he looked more pissed than anything. He just slams the thing down in, Je- in uh, Cassidy's seat. Well, he's betrayed. He feels betrayed mm-hmm. by Cassidy and then by Tulip because Tulip knew what type of person he was. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that he's like all kinds of emotions all balled up into one and he's... He's hurt, he's betrayed, he's pissed, yeah. and he's mm-hmm. in total shock. This guy just burned in front of him. I think he saved him and walked off. That's just my my opinion. Yeah. I think he put him out and then walked back into place and is pissed trying to deal with it. Well, of course he did. He's not, he's not going to let him burn up completely. Not of course. No, it's Cassidy. He's a main player in the whole what I show. What I like, though, is how much... Uh, how pissed Tulip got. Mm-hmm. I mean, she ripped into him. She was like, you can't just do that to him. Yeah. You, know, you can't just they, push people off like that. That's her. If, I mean, mm-hmm. watching this show, though, Kim, like, out of all the characters, who are the ones that are going to be grouping up? Emily's not going to be grouping up with 
Jesse on this one. You don't actually think anybody would be grouping no. up with Jesse on this one. Not at all. Other than Tulip and Cassidy. What do you mean grouping up? You've got up? The, the Trinity. Well, they're on the other end of the stick on this one, though. I'm not saying that, that Cassidy's dying. No. Well, if he doesn't save him, he's going to die. Totally die? Maybe. He'll be a crispy Yay. critter. Of course, he would burn. He would completely burn up. If he did not put him out, then yes, he's dead. Right, and I think that's what 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 uh, Cassidy was telling him. Here's the fire sooner. You got a choice: either put me out or I'm going right. up. Yeah, if he does not, if he does not put him out, he's gonna. He would have been dead. He's gonna burn up faster than vanilla extract. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which, by the way, I did not know was flammable. I did not either. Thank God Lesson I know learned. that now. See, this is why we watch TV, folks. I know. Lessons. Is, Life lessons. Things cook. my mom never told me. Yeah, don't light your vanilla extract on fire. But it will be and great. don't put them in hash browns. Right. Don't put them in hash browns. Even though I did find a recipe that did have vanilla and hash browns. You did? I did. I did. It was a maple bacon hash brown oh. French toast casserole. Uh, and it did call for vanilla But see, extract. that's a casserole that's within a Whatever. dish. It's not on a baking sheet. It's different. <laughs> Scott, you've never opened a bottle of vanilla extract in your life, have you? Yeah. Just have you ever tasted it? it? I bake, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That sounded sound tough. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Good lord. <laughs> You know, actually, uh, his, his put downs of oh, God. his put downs of God <laughs> were awesome. <laughs> it was. He had some good Cassidy's. He smells his own farts. <laughs> <laughs> Sacrilege. Yes, exactly, exactly. Uh, that buildup was great, and it was it was violent too. Right. I mean, he was pissed. I oh, it's yeah. like a plan. You don't have a plan. I loved his description of himself. It says, I'm lazy, yeah. lying, self-obsessed, drug-abusing, cheating, fornicating, with a filthy mouth and no <laughs> ambition. Yeah. Yeah, it's like your God would have no respect for me. Exactly. With a heart of and gold. And you're going to let that kid burn? Yeah, exactly. The whole exactly. time I seriously, seriously was thinking about the nuns at school mm-hmm. and how they would like... <laughs> If they had been present for that scene, they would have like Be thrown you? somebody up against a locker or something and gotten mm-hmm. in their face and been like, you're going to hell. Sister Julia with her brass ruler. She would have taken out my knuckles again. I know. We had right. I had the Satan. fattest knuckle in, knuckles in kid in class. Oh, my God. They were huge. In kid. Our, I was in kid. Our chemistry teacher, we called her Sister <laughs> Satan. Nice. She was horrible. I must, must have loved that. <laughs> We had Sister John. She was very Sister brutal. John? Sister John? Jeez. <laughs> uh, that's great. Now, hey, let me ask you this. We finally find out, of course, you know, we finally get the lowdown on, uh, I think it was in that scene, right, when we found out uh, about Eugene? yeah. Eugene's uh, background. How bad a shot is Eugene? I know. Instead of killing a girl, he shoots her head off. She's still alive. And then he doesn't even kill himself. He blows his face into an arse. The poor kid. I think you, Eugene is sorely <laughs> misunderstood. Eugene, he was, he's was he got such <laughs> he's a soft idiot. heart. I know. But you know what? He was probably like. With a shotgun in his hand. He was probably crying. He couldn't see what uh-huh. he was doing. Oh, don't try to justify him being such a bad shot. He's in Texas, for God's sakes. I mean, I just feel bad for him. And Rodeo I don't think Queen. I see. I don't think people were in the town are pissed at him for shooting her. 
I think they're in the town. They're pissed at him for being such a bad shot. I, I thought this about is that Texas. too. They're like, what a loser. He can't even shoot himself. I know. Two. He's zero for two. Wow. And how do you not kill yourself when you put your rifle in your mouth? Yeah. But, I mean, it does, it, you know, it's the reason why they're calling him murderer, though. Because, I mean, yes. he did. Yes. He killed that girl. Well, he tried to. In essence. Yeah. Well, yeah, she's brain dead. I mean. Yeah, right. Yeah, she's bedridden and. Um, no, I just thought that was that was interesting that he's such a shitty shot. Um, he is from Texas. <laughs> but then you know what? I feel bad for Sheriff Root too. Oh yeah, I do too, actually. Because it, it's it's like he's on his own looking for him. His wife is a vegetable for God knows what reason. Maybe Eugene did something to her too. Well, it might have been because of what Eugene did, and she oh, just completely true. lost it. She snapped. Yep. Yeah, but you could genuinely see that he was he was scared, or not scared, but he was worried he was about nervous. where Eugene was. Yeah, uh-huh. and which we weren't seeing before because, although I think Scott, you even said that he he definitely loves the kid. Yeah. He was just, um, you know, pissed about the moment when he threw the omelet. Right. Right. He was frustrated. Yep. Yeah, completely frustrated. People are breaking in their house. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure he was. To his I think before all this happened, he was probably very proud of his son. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now he's he's dealing with the shame of what his son did, and of right. that makes his relationship with his son will never be quite the same. So anyway, we go through that wonderful scene, and then we get Jesse stomping back into the kitchen, and tur- turning out to alienate everybody in the room. You know, by questioning why Tulip's even there. Questioning and, her cooking. Yeah, just pretty much questioning everything about her. And well, we can talking shit about her cooking. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Some frozen vegetables and some vanilla, what do you say, vanilla hash browns? Yeah, and I think that was more about, you know, more about what are you doing here trying to make house, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, and then he turns around and, you know, Emily explains how much she's, you know, counted on him, which, number one, I'm not quite sure I understand why. He, he, I mean, he started out as kind of a drunk loser. Then he got righteous for a little while, and now he's just a big asshole. So I'm not sure mm-hmm. what, what, why Emily was so, in, you know, infatuated with him. He hasn't really shown a lot to be. But then he just, you know, blows her off, you know, says, you're stupid for thinking that, and then sends her away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's pretty much alienated everybody in the house. But I wonder at this point, is it Jesse speaking or is it Genesis speaking? Well, it sounds like it's Genesis to me because his face looks very drawn again. Mm -hmm. And um, he doesn't seem like himself. Right. And then we find in the next scene where he, uh, well, I guess the next scene was going through his father getting executed, which we kind of already talked about. I think, um, but the scene. Except. Yeah, go ahead. Who are the people that killed Jesse's dad? Because one of the guys has the same tattoo Mm -hmm. that Jesse has, which he said was given to him by a mean old woman. So what's the connection? Let me point. Really? Let me point out to. Let me point out one thing. In the last couple of episodes, I've been kind of surprised at how familiar Jesse is with Odin Quincannon. Yes, me too. They're hanging out. They're making a model stuff like that. I'm wondering if we're on the same wavelength. Go ahead. Keep going. Well, I was going to say, I think these guys are Quincannons. That's what that I was father. thinking. Yep, that's but exactly Jesse what I was Jesse later thinking. became one of them. Mm. Mm. I was wondering if they were maybe related somehow. 
No, I think I think Jesse I think Jesse's big betrayal to his father may have been he became one of Kincannon's men. Betrayal after his father's death. Right. His his father's memory. Yes. Because he's Jesse's definitely definitely feels bad about something he's done in his past. Mm-hmm. Something really bad and really bad against his father. That's why he's come back to save his father's church. Mm. Interesting idea. But I definitely thought that it was Quinn Cannon's people mm-hmm. who killed him. That that was probably all about the land again. They right. wanted his land. He told them to stop coming around. And they just got pissed. And it was yeah. probably at that point, it was it would have been Quinn Cannon's dad that was in control, right? Right, probably so. So. But then again, he was still able to hang on the land. Mm-hmm. Yeah, somehow. I mean, so it, it's not going to just go into Quinn Cannon's hand if if he, if his dad dies, it goes directly to Jesse. By law, I, just pure speculation. I wonder if Quinn Cannon took Jesse in. Hmm. Guys, guys did not. The guys purposely did not kill him. Interesting. After they killed the father. And that was the punishment. Mm-hmm. <gasps> Ooh, deep. Just a thought. Maybe. Just a thought. Okay, so when we get, after we've dealt with that, we get back to uh, Jesse frantically going into the church and tearing up the floorboards to find a way to get Eugene back. And he's trying the monster voice. Mm-hmm. Monster voice is not bringing Eugene back. Tells me that Jesse was back in control somewhat. And he was frantic mm-hmm. to fix the thing, but it wasn't happening. And... At the same time, we go out and see Odin Quincannon's army heading towards the church. Yep. Because they want the land. I thought it was interesting. What a inter- cool scene, though. Yeah, what a cool scene. I also thought it was interesting with the uh, the Confederate reenactors mixed yeah. in. Yeah. It's like he plucked them right off the battlefield. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it kind of made you question as to what the hell was going on. You're like, wait, is. Is this actually, are they coming to the church, or is this part of the reenactment? Like, why the hell are they dressed up like that? Yeah, it was definitely yeah, going was to the weird. church. I mean, you had half the guys were Odin's workers with guns and so forth, and the other half were these reenactors showing up with muskets and shit. <laughs> it was definitely an odd scene, um, but it does mm-hmm. lead us to think there's going to be some action in the next episode. Oh, heck yeah. Yeah, but it was another one of those season, scenes where I was looking at my watch like, damn it. Mm-hmm. You didn't want it to end? Yeah, there's like a minute left. We don't get to see what happens. Nope, nope, but we will. Yeah, anyways. Hmm. We will. Well, that, that pretty much wrapped up the episode. Um, another very good episode. Yes. Did you guys... Um, I had I had a, kind of a fundamental twist on the story that I was wondering if maybe we we're going to see. I, you don't see too many shows that can actually flip things. Mm-hmm. I wonder if I wonder if Jesse ends up becoming the bad guy, and Tulip and Emily and Cassidy are the ones to stop it. I think that's happening already. Yeah, but I mean, what yeah, if that comes as a like theme it. of the story, though? Yeah, I, I I think it is. Yeah. But, I mean, you understand what I'm saying? I mean, Jesse starts out the show as kind of the hero of the show, the main focus. Um, mm-hmm. But it seems to that the wheels have turned. For sure. And that maybe he's the bad guy of the episode. For sure. Definitely. 
And I think it's going to continue that way. And as long as he has this genesis inside of him, he it's going to be that way. And we haven't mm-hmm. even seen the British guys, the angels. Like, where are they? No. I th- I, I it would be really cool to see. They were told to stay away. Oh, that's right. They were. Huh. Well, it would be really mm-hmm. cool to see all of them kind of group up together mm-hmm. to battle this. Like thing. an all-star battle out. Yeah. So, he gone. What does it mean? Which, who is gone? Is it Jesse that's gone? Eugene. Is it Eugene that's gone? I don't remember anybody saying it during the episode, but I yeah, was but I mean, think I was. I thought it was the the father, or Odin Quinn Cannon not being a Christian anymore. Is he gone? Mm. Cassidy cooked. Is he gone? Wow, it's a lot of or Jesse gone. His mm-hmm. brain is gone yeah, at the moment, right? Because he's out of control. I guess it's all of so them. A lot of people, yeah. I guess a lot of people kind of left their positions in this episode. Yep, and and they're all he's. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yep, very good point. Or it could be the uh, the uncle passed out. Yeah, I mean, why stairs. why that <laughs> sentence structure? Because <laughs> he why not? was completely He's gone. gone. <laughs> right. He gone. They're in Texas. Well, because they're in Texas, Kim. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Texas people still know how to talk. Uh, really? They was do. that really your argument? I did, yeah. <laughs> People from Texas, stand up here. This All is right. your moment. Well, um, okay. do you guys have anything else to add about the episode? No, I just loved it. And the more we talked about it, the more I liked it. Mm-hmm. What about you, Stu? I, I, no, I thought it was good. I think the ending was the best part of it, honestly. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm excited to see the next one, even though we're probably going to be delayed seeing it. But it's mm-hmm. it's going to be, it should be pretty awesome. It's set up to be pretty damn awesome. Right. So, Kim, have you got any uh, news you want to share with us? I do, I do. Yeah, so our first news item is that, just a reminder, actually, that AMC is replaying all the seasons for The Walking Dead every Sunday. Season 3 is airing this weekend. Oh, okay. So I'll buy a bit of it. Don't forget. Mm -hmm. And also that... We kind of touched on this at the beginning of the episode, but that AMC has released the official poster for the second half of season two for Fear of the Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. And they've also released a couple of photos and, from the first episode. And a, uh, and the and a trailer. trailer, right? Yeah. Right. So the photos are a group of walkers in a field, which doesn't really tell you much. But the other one is Nick walking down a highway with his backpack on. So he's out on his own. Mm-hmm. Who knows where he's going? Hitting the road, seeing the world. Well, that's right. He took off. But the off poster, everybody... have you seen the poster? That's pretty Mm-mm. cool looking. No. It's a bunch of zombie hands reaching towards a sugar skull. Yes, so yes. I did see it with Mexican the skull with the. Uh, Day like, of the Dead. Yeah, it's got the decoration around the eye sockets and so yeah. forth. Yeah. It's pretty creepy. That is pretty creepy. It's cool looking. What's up with that? I don't know. But. Anyway. There's that. So we're going to get excited about Fear of the Walking Dead again. Yep, August 21st, mm-hmm. so... Be, be there or be square. Yep. <laughs> the other little bit is that The Walking Dead has promoted four of its cast members to season regulars. So mm. Xander Berkeley, who plays Dwight. Jeffrey Dean Morgan, who plays Negan, who... That's obvious. Right. Tom Payne, who pays, plays Jesus, another obvious one. Mm-hmm. And Austin Emilio, who's one of the Hilltop Colony leaders, which um. I don't know if we've seen him yet. Mm. 
Hmm. I don't know if he's one that we saw last season or if he's a new guy. Jesus, I forgot about Jesus. Yeah, probably not the guy that gets stabbed in the neck. God. Anyways, all right. Okay, so this next thing is super (laughs) awesome, and I'm very excited about it. The Chamber of Commerce (laughs) in Meriwether County here in Georgia, which is near where um, they filmed The Walking Dead. They're going to be launching a geocache trail. So, like, GPS, you know? Really Mm -hmm. cool. Called the Real Woodbury Zombie GeoQuest. Is this like that Pokemon bullshit that they're going around? Kind of, sort of, but this one is, like, it's all GPS-led, and once you find the the actual coordinates in real life, there should be a cache there. So there should be like a box or something that has little treasures inside. And you take a treasure and then leave a treasure and then you can log your find in either a log book that they have on site or one that they have on the computer. Is it going to send you like some really bad neighborhoods and maybe you'll find a body or something? It could. It really could. That's good. <laughs> A decompose, yeah. You have to like floating in the river. You have to like dig through its stomach contents to find it. Yeah, see? yeah. It'll be oh, awesome. That's more fucking detail than I wanted. Bring um, the kids. Yeah, bring but the kids. share with the family. <laughs> <laughs> bring a picnic. I couldn't find any information about when this is supposed to launch, so mm-hmm. I'm hoping soon. I have no idea. And just keep your eyes open and ears. Yeah. Um. But then the next thing is Pokemon Go, just like you talked about. Mm. The app was released on Wednesday. It's already been downloaded <laughs> eight million times, and it's already Scott's led already to, over it. And it's already led to some really <laughs> bad problems. That's exactly what I was reporting on. Yeah. yeah so one person's already found a body <laughs> in the river. Another group. Just saying Seriously? that sounds funny. Yes. True. Yes. It's no very way. true. Just saying that sounds funny. Okay, Scott, this is not actually the walking. This is like a real body, right? Yeah, a real yeah. body. Oh, God. That's awful. Yeah. I followed a Pokemon to a dead body in the by river. herself, by the way. <laughs> Found this. But the other thing is that apparently robbers. <laughs> That's an experience. Robbers are using it to lure their victims because. <laughs> They know where the Pokemon players are going to go, and they know how secluded those areas are. (laughs) So they're luring him in. How did you not think about this when you're putting this shit together? I mean, are you kidding me? Holy cow. Oh my God, this is so stupid. I know. But on the flip side, it's getting people outside, and they're enjoying (laughs) the outdoors, and they're actually. Okay, this is the sad part. They're actually interacting with people and making friends. Isn't that sad? They're getting out of their mother's basements. So They're throwing go. balls at fictional Pokemon creatures running around that they can only see on their phones. <laughs> yeah, it's a great idea. Oh, I know. I'm actually thinking about downloading it, so don't hate. Oh. I, I'm hating. <laughs> I'm totally hating on it. That's the dumbest <laughs> it, thing so, I've is ever Sony heard. Owns it? Is that who it is? Probably. Or, it's Nintendo. 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 Oh my yeah, God. I heard. Yeah, that's right. I heard their stock jumped like 25%. Mm-hmm. And then when it. the first lawsuits start coming in, their stocks are going to take a hit. <laughs> well, they need the money so they can pay for all the found dead bodies and robbings. Right, or the fact that their stock in value has uh, dropped by 500% in the last 20 years. Well, oh, I heard man. that, like... That's crazy. Um, some of the major baseball ballparks are getting involved and they're opening their doors to allow people to come in and look for Pokemon Go on there? Yes, yes. Or David Ortiz. They're not sure which one they're looking for. Oh, jeez. <laughs> or David Ortiz is a big Pokemon. Yes, he was. Hey, 
Or Aaron Boone. Aaron Boone? <laughs> Aaron Boone. <laughs> oh my god. I thought that guy was dead. <laughs> Maybe That's he was the body in the room. His brother is dead. <laughs> and, and Brett. He and Brett are just hanging And out. Daniel. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Daniel. Wow. Um, Talk about pulling one out of your ass. That's pretty good. We also do. We also have some listener feedback for tonight. Sweet. We have a lot of good stuff. Well, it's sweet if it's good. It's great. Okay. As long as you're not going to rely on me for that. Mm. Okay, so we actually have an email. (laughs) Hey guys, I have a theory on who DeFure and DeBlanc are. If I'm not mistaken, when talking to Jesse at the dinner, DeBlanc and Fior emphasize that they both are from heaven, but I think that was a lie. Blanc means white, and according to the Urban Dictionary, Fior means, one, complete and utter bullshit to an almost unbelievable level, an extraordinary, grandiose fabrication of the truth, two, a rare but destructive psychosis where an individual demonstrates a complete refusal to tell the truth, even when confronted with overwhelming evidence of their lies. Three, an individual who consistently freeloads or a mooch. Four, a word used to describe a reprehensible or dishonest act. My conclusion, much like Genesis is half angel, half de- demon, perhaps de Blanc is an angel, is an angel and Fior is a demon. Thanks, guys. Love hmm. the show. Emily from Arizona. Just <gasps> wow. my mind. Same. You know, Fiore, and that's why I always say Fiore, is uh, in French is flower. Mm-hmm. That helps. Sorry. I, I mean, I'm, I, that has nothing to do with the, him being all negative and stuff, but that's, that's, that's what I'm actually negative. That's pretty. Right. No, he, he's actually the more um, for, uh, giving of information of the two. Yeah. He's, he's simple. He's... I don't know. Well, seems I don't know. I, don't know. I think it's kind of, you know, it's funny. I think, uh, you know, in some respects, it's almost kind of blurred mm-hmm. um, on what is the difference between demons and, and angels. Yeah. You know, it's not like it's a good and bad thing. I mean, well, we got I'm, two angels running around just blowing away everybody they can just well, to get this I was going to say, you have to, you have to give it to Emily on that, that Fiore seems to be the one that is always goes for the chainsaw. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's, but I think it's more because he's simple minded. Like he's more. Right. Um, I agree. Yeah, you know, he's not used he to. He doesn't have the, patience the human... for the. Uh, yeah, he doesn't have any finesse. Yeah, right. but maybe what she says is true. I mean, if, if he doesn't mm-hmm. have any finesse, then maybe he is like the lesser of the two. Mm-hmm. Um, the Blanc but always. The fact that he's, but, but the fact that he's more honest with information speaks differently, though. Yeah, but De, De Blanc is definitely leading the two of them. Right. Yeah, but he I mean, cuts in. Look at, their conversa- look at their conversation when they're in the bathroom, mm-hmm. and you know, and De right. Blanc's in the bathtub trying to tell him to to call or to answer the phone. Right. He's telling him what to say the entire time. Fiori's like, "Oh yeah, you're right, you're right." I kind of messed up the middle part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> interesting, That's very interesting, Emily. Very interesting. Uh, I had uh, some good comments from Fan Mom. Which is uh, at fan mom af, and she I, I was actually asking some of our Twitter uh, followers just about what they thought about this uh, episode on Sunday specifically, and fan mom came back with three good points, so I'm uh, singling her out 
Uh, and she said, um, so many thoughts. Number one, I miss Eugene more than I thought I ever thought I could miss someone with a face like an arse. <laughs> Number two, Tulip broke my heart multiple times last night. As a child, with her uncle, and during her valiant cooking attempt. Mm-hmm. And then finally, Cassidy better not be a crispy critter or I'm going to be pissed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And I agree. Good Lord. Mm-hmm. I hope he comes back. He'll I think back. he's going to come back. He'll but... be back. I have no doubt. Uh, to leave that as a hanger. Yeah. Nah. Although it really wasn't that much. I mean, like, I just kind of figured he's going to be back. He'll the be hanging back. is with what's going to happen with Odin and his right. folks. And siege on uh, Castle Church. Yep. Um, yeah, I agree. And we also uh, heard some from our buddy uh, Evan. Uh, Evan, I don't have yeah. your stuff in front of me, but um, I do know that part of what you were talking about is that there's a pretty extreme deviation between the television show and the comic series. And, you know, for us, I don't think it really matters. Um, don't get me wrong. I do plan on going back sometime and reading the comic book series. Um but we really are looking at this just from the television series side. I, I don't think we really want to know too much about what's going on in the comic books because we don't want it to influence what we're looking at on the screen. Doesn't mean that we don't think that the comic books are are important or anything, but we haven't read them, so we decided to do a show without reading. Well, I think Evan agreed with that. Mm-hmm. I think he was getting yes, kind of his exactly. insight because he, he read some of them before, and I think he, he said the same thing about... Um, because he, he's followed us uh, with watching uh, The Walking Dead as well. Right. And he said that, you know, he, he has read some of The Walking Dead comics only after the series had started. Right. And has made sure not to read ahead because he doesn't want it ruining it for himself, too. Mm-hmm. So. And as, right. And as I said to him, I said, after this season is done, I may, I may read the first couple of, of comic books. But I'm not going to read too far into it. Because I don't want to get, I don't want to find out anything that might imply something towards the second season. To tell you the truth. Oh please, man! I had to stop you at the comic at the I know. bookstore. I, the characters. You almost like bought like everything. I was <laughs> well, like, no, 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 no. I think one of Evan's biggest complaints or concerns really is the fact that he says that the mm-hmm. show deviates so much from the comic book, and how different that is from The Walking Dead. Right. So mm-hmm. exactly. As we who have not read the comic book can't really see that, but um, I have heard the same thing, but I've also heard that the the producers did that on purpose because they felt like the way the comic book opens, people who have never read it before would not understand the show if they saw that open. Right. I think it's it's very... um, From what I've gathered, the, the comic book is very wide open in scope compared mm-hmm, to what the yeah. television show is right now. The television show is more more centered on what's happening in this Texas thing, but I think there's more yes. of a global aspect to this whole thing. Yep, that's what I've And I believe that's actually going to come out more in the second season. But for now, they're they're keeping it a little more focused on just what's happening in Texas because, you know, there's enough there already mm-hmm. to, to grasp your interest. Um, yep. if you try to, if you try to put what we've gathered already in, on steroids, it would probably blow yeah. off most of the watchers, uh, most of the viewers from watching the show. So, yeah, I think, and yeah, what, what Evan had, had mentioned, I think was the sequence of events too. Yeah. 
you know, so, uh, you know, maybe they're, they're trying to, like, and like he's, saying, right. is, um, and like he said, he's, follow one, one of the storylines, one of the timelines right. to start out. And so you yeah, and like he said, it, he did see how they were going to be able to pull it together. Um, we'll see. We'll see. Well, and I've heard other people talk other podcasts and stuff too, because I do listen to other people. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and they've talked a lot more about the cowboy because they knew more uh, again about the comic book. So, oh yeah, he's supposed to be a big player. Yeah, so I, I we really got to be careful about what we mm-hmm. listen to out there because yeah, yeah. And have you guys been listening to the uh, the official podcast of the show? Yeah, have you? What do you What do you think? I mean, I haven't it's, had a chance. It's pretty to good. Yet. I like it. Yeah, I like it. I mean, they're not they're not spoiling anything. It's mostly the technical side of production. Mm, okay, cool. What kind of cameras? How they choose their shots? And you know, who wrote it? How did they write it? That sort of thing. Who got which is, coffee? Which is really interesting, though, in the fact that this is probably one of the more visually interesting shows I've seen. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of neat uh, things that they've tried visually with this show that you don't see anywhere else. Yeah, like I was saying, I think it was last episode about um, Eugene's prosthetic, about how they developed it and how they decided if it was going to be a full face versus half face. It was very interesting. Yeah. I definitely did. It's called the... AMC Insider Podcast. Pre- Preacher Insider gotcha. Podcast. Yes, right. So listen up, guys, if you get a chance. It's supposed to be pretty good, as Kim will tell mm-hmm. you. Let's see, next week on Preacher, which is uh, episode seven, El Valero. Mm-hmm. Um, in a fierce gun battle, uh, Jesse faces off against Quinn Cannon and his meat men to protect his church, while Tulip tries to save a friend. And I'm sure this friend is probably Cassidy. Got an Irish accent. Yes. Rather skinny. Yes. All right. Yeah, I agree. I think that's uh, pretty much what we're expecting to see in the next episode. Rather skinny. Should be full of action. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) we will say that Stuart and I are supposed to be on vacation next week. Um, Ross is not available. So we're going to try to... To record from our vacation home in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. How about that? <laughs> but um, on the off chance that internet does not work up in the mountains or something weird happens, we might skip next week and come back the following week. Um, but if you're lucky, you'll hear from us. So, if we're lucky. You'll hear. Yeah. <laughs> they'll be lucky, too, because we're awesome and they love us. We'll fill your ear holes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So you'll just have to wait and see. We'll make an announcement on Twitter mm-hmm. and on Facebook and let you know if it's on or not. So, And if for we'll some see. reason we don't, we apologize, but we will come back even yeah. stronger for the next episode. Oh, we're going to try. Yes. Oh, yeah. We're going to fight. We'll give it a roll. We're going to do this. We'll, we'll do what we can. All right, cool. Um, but just don't forget that we only have, what, three, two, three more episodes? Three more? It's only Is it three more? I think okay. it's ten. Right, ten episodes maybe. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so not much left. So thank you everyone for listening to our podcast. You can find us on Twitter, SoundCloud, Google Play, and iTunes. You can also find us on Facebook and on the web at www.fearmepodcast.com. And if you want to get in touch with us or send us your thoughts on our episodes, you can email us at fearmepodcast at gmail dot com. We'll be back hopefully next week. If not, it'll be the following week. And um, we'll be reviewing episode six of Preacher if we come back next week. <laughs> seven. seven? Seven. Seven. Episode seven. 
El Valero. Sit. Yes. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye. See ya. Later. Billy Ray was a preacher's son, and when his daddy would visit, he'd come along. When they gather around and started talking, that's when Billy would take me walking. Out through the backyard, we go walking. Then he look into my eyes. Lord knows to my surprise, the only one who could ever reach me was the son of a preacher man. The only boy who could ever teach me was the son of a preacher man. You see what?